0: Wisdom is truth. Sadly, we read it and we can say, I know what that means. Because that sounds like my life. I know what that means because life under the sun is not fair. And I have lived unfair. I mean, I've been treated unfair again and again and again. I know what it's like to live under the sun. So we we read it and we say, he's not fooling anybody. He's not trying to trick us. He's telling us the truth. But is that where it ends? There was another phrase, not used very often, but it gave us a contrast. What was that phrase? Under the heavens. Under the heavens. Under the heavens is different. it's true, those living under the heavens still live under the sun. They still experience the rain, the temporary dwelling is a perfect example, the rain and the sun, the bug bites and everything that bad happens that's unfair in life. But their perspective is different. They live life under the sun. It's a totally different thing. Um, Who knows, a show of hands, who knows what I say when I talk about bizarro world. (laughs) (laughs) I know you people. I am a... I used to read Superman comics, I admit it. Bizarro world is the world in which the Superman, Superman the character, is bad kryptonite is his friend. (laughs) Um, All of the things are opposite in bizarro world. People say goodbye when they mean hello. (laughs) It's totally opposite. What we want to look at tonight, we have looked at Ecclesiastes in a picture of two perspectives. The perspective of those living under the sun and the perspective of those living under the heavens. And we have said that this sounds true. There's been a lot of people over the ages that said, you know, this sounds true. And they took it and they ran with it. And what they discovered is, this sounds a lot like Greek philosophy. This is like Plato. Ooh. Somehow, this couldn't have been written by Solomon. It must have been written by somebody who was in the Hellenistic era because it sounds more like Plato than it does like Solomon. And they've, they've attributed it as a, as a joke, a sick joke, or whatever else. We recognize, we know it's truth. We know, we can sense that it's truth. Uh, What we want to look at tonight is this idea that sometimes what some people say are true can actually begin to deceive us into seeing a truth for a lie or exchanging truth for a lie. And we're going to use this theme of under the sun that is living within a finite world that is governed by time that is full of unfairness. Versus living under the heavens with purpose. If you have an outline, we start off with Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. What we discovered is... Solomon ends his his lengthy 12 chapters by telling us, you know all the words that I just told you? Let's put an end to all the words. Let me just tell you what it's all about. That's what he said. Let us hear a conclusion. Let's hear the end of words is what he says in Hebrew. Let's hear the end of words. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. We have purpose. Under heaven we have purpose. It's not pointless. It's not vanity. It's not a vapor. It's not something that's insubstantial. Oddly enough, those very things that are unseen become substantial. And those things that, are, that appear to us to be material around us become less important, less substantial with this perspective. It is, it is that idea that somehow the physical is not real and that the spiritual is the only real reality is where people grab hold of this and go, that sounds just like Plato. Plato is a philosopher, and uh, the, the, the philosophy of, of, of Greece at the time, uh, uh, three, four hundred years before the birth of Messiah. Uh, dealt with the nature of reality and dealt with it in a very similar way that it appears that Solomon is doing in the book of Ecclesiastes of course they don't make the correct correct conclusions but they appear to deal with it in the same way the nature of reality and Plato gives us his cave analogy and the cave analogies goes something like this we could tell that as we live in this material world there's something else going on there's something that we don't see We get glimpses of it at times, but we know that there's something maybe more real going on. Plato says it's like you're in a cave. And in the back wall of the cave, the light from behind is casting shadows on the back wall of the cave. You can discern movement in those shadows. And in those shadows, you can discern there's something bigger better. Plato said that those shadows can fool us. Those shadows will lead us away from truth. What we need to do is arrive at a higher plane, somehow, in some way, to become better discerners of reality. Then we'll be able to see the form that creates those shadows. And for the longest time, it's very sad, but some Christian philosophers took the same perspective Philosoph- philosophers such as uh, origen theologians like augustine and uh, and justin martyr took the same position and they said you know it's very possible that plato born 400 years before messiah was born he was like a christian too he understood the truth there's a higher reality and only the shadows Are the only way that we can disturb? We can. They're going to confuse us. The shadows are going to confuse us. We need to somehow get past all that and see what the real reality is. The unseen. What I've I've likened this to is a theistic Platonism. It's kind of like God's a part of it, but maybe not. Here's the way it would go: God is out there in some way, invisible to us, and there are shadows being cast. Somehow, He is casting shadows in our midst. Those shadows can confuse us and lead us away from truth. We need to arrive at a higher plane. In fact, the physical world can confuse us. We need to put ourselves away in a monastery. We need to swear off tasty food. We need to put aside all those things, those pleasures of life that might confuse us. Those are just shadows. We need the truth. A higher truth. A spiritual truth. They drew greatly from Gnosticism in this way as well. The physical is evil. The spiritual is good. The unseen is good. The visible is bad. When you read Kohelet with that kind of mindset, you can be deceived. When you read the Bible with that kind of mindset, you can be deceived. What we need to understand is life under the heavens, that is life that recognizes a purpose, that God has given us a purpose, still remains life under the sun. Although we've not been called to live that life under the sun, we experience the effects of it. We experience pain. We experience hardship. We experience bad things coming into our life. All manner of unfairness. And yet we have a comforter. And someone who's told us, I have created you for purpose. It is your duty. It is your duty to listen to your creator. Fear me. Obey me. That's your duty. That's your purpose. That is an entirely different perspective than what those such as Martyr or Origen or Augustine would have used. Go to Colossians chapter 2 if you brought your Bibles. Go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 16. Actually, I want to start a little bit higher than that in the, in the passage first. And I have to go there to figure out where it is. Chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Messiah. We understand that Paul is speaking of something specifically. Ironically, very many people who read these passages apply it exactly the opposite. It's bizarro world. It's backwards. What's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. Listen, pay close attention. Paul is telling us and he's teaching us here be careful. Philosophy can deceive you. He's speaking of a specific philosophy because of the philosophy of the day as all its origins going all the way back to the garden but it's certainly expressed in Greek philosophy specifically now go down to verse uh, 16 so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a sabbath Sukkot in which are a shadow of things to come but the substance is Messiah that's a good translation I like that translation who has a new American standard can you read it for us which verse? 16 or 17? Six, uh, actually, 17. Okay. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Things which are a mere shadow of things which are to come, but the substance of us is of Christ. Perfect. Understand, why would they use the word mere? The word mere is not found in the original Greek. Why would they include that? Because they like Plato. It's a shadow. It can confuse you. Things like... <laughs> Things like food and drink, a new moon, a festival and a Sabbath can confuse you. How can they confuse you? Well, because they pertain to this, this life, they're the physical. You need to get higher. You need to go to the spiritual. Do you understand? See, what's happening is, it's bizarro world. We turned it around. It's a mere shadow. It's a mere shadow. The Hebrew that we, uh, that we could, or the Greek that we can get from this is uh, skia. The Hebrew is itself. Go to uh, Genesis chapter nineteen, verse eight. It's lot speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking regarding these two, uh, these two angels who have come uh, uh, into 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 uh, into Sodom. See now, I have two daughters. And he's speaking to the, to the people who, were, uh, who actually were uh, trying to take these two men away. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please, let me bring them out to you. And you shall do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since they, it, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. This is the first instance of this word. That's all. We have this our, our cell. What we see is this shadow is a place of... Protection. Yes. They've come under my shadow, therefore I have a responsibility for them. Do you know what a shadow's like when you're out here in the sun underneath a Asuka? Um, blessings. <laughs> Isn't it great? Go to, to, um, go to, uh, go to uh, Psalm thirty-six, five. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are... Am I in the right place? Mm -hmm. Okay, I am. Your judgments are great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. You give them drink from the river of your pleasure, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Go to Isaiah chapter 4, verse 5. Verse 5 and 6. Actually, go up to verse uh, 3. And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of the burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. Over her, all the glory, there will be a covering. And there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat, from the place of refuge, and a shelter from storm and rain. We understand that, uh, that this, this visible representation of God's glory is going to rest above each household. That reminds us of something. It reminds us of the season. We remember when we came out of Egypt and we, and we were taken into the wilderness by this leader, Moses. We remember. We remember that we dwelled in booths, in Sukkot. And we remember, although it was hot and the sun beat down on us, and if there had been rain, there wasn't, but if it had been rain, we'd have gotten wet. And we remember that as we looked up through the, through the gaps of our booths, we couldn't see the stars at night because we had a flame of fire above us. And although we were chased and hunted by Amalek and others, we knew that he was there protecting us. We had a shade in the day from the beating sun because the cloud was above us. And what did we know? God was there with us. It may have been miserable in the wilderness, but God was there, it was under the sun. But God was there. Was that shadow a bad shadow? Could that confuse me from seeing a greater reality? A spiritual reality? It was physical. It was there. You could see it. Right? Did it have meaning? It had profound meaning. I venture to say no one has seen anything like it since then. What a great thing to know that God was in the midst of the camp. And it was visible. We could see it. Does that mean it wasn't spiritual? Of course it was spiritual. It was both. It was material and spiritual. Shadows are the visible of what cannot be seen in the physical world. Shadows give us a perspective of what cannot be seen. So in a way, maybe Plato had that right, but he missed the point because he said, don't pay attention to the shadows, they'll only distract you. Let me tell you, without the shadows, we would not know that reality. Without the new moons and the festivals and the Sabbaths, we wouldn't know the reality that he is trying to teach us. So that implies that right now, spiritually, there's a cloud well, I guess since it's night, there would be a. There is. I can imagine a cloud up there. Yeah. Uh, fire above. <laughs> it. Yeah, I can imagine that. But isn't that why we're supposed to celebrate this to remember that that, even though we can't see it, God yeah. is with us. Yeah. Yeah. The, the The point of the shadow is not to say that it's vaporous. There's nothing wrong with vapors. Vapor just means temporary. The point of the shadow image that Scripture gives us is to point us to the idea that a shadow is in the shape of something. That we need to recognize that the shadow is in the shape of the shadow caster. Colossians teaches us who the shadow caster is. I had a friend one time, after I taught a a lesson on on the Sabbath, this is about seven or eight years ago, he came to me and he said, I'm really disturbed. Have you not read read Colossians chapter 2? And and I said, well, what does it say? He says, don't judge anyone in regard to food and drink and the Sabbath. And I said, so why are you? (laughs) (laughs) See, in the bizarro world, it's switched around. In the bizarro world, Colossians chapter 2, 16 through 17, is a a treatise against observing the commandments of God. That's the bizarro world. That's life under the sun. I don't want to live life under the sun. I have the effects of the sun. My friend is still my friend. I have the effects of the sun, certainly, living under the sun. But I do not want to live my life according to the sun. Let's move on. We have a bias in the translations, as we saw in, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my new King James does pretty good with that translation, Colossians two sixteen and 17, but we do have a bias, and the bias is, quite honestly, is against recognizing God's commandments have a place in our lives. The translators fiddle with the verb tenses, not all of them, but many of them fiddle with the verb tenses. Why do they do that? Why don't they just say it like it is? Why do you have to change it to make it have more meaning? Because in their mind, it's impossible that the commandments of God have any bearing on my life spiritually. Well, actually, they do have no problem with some of them, don't they? Just a few of them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, thank you. They can tithe. That's true. Go to... uh, um, if you have your workbook, you can go to page. Um, those of you who don't have a workbook, don't. Don't worry. We're going to read it. But if you have a workbook, go to page 24. This is from the, this is from the uh, New King James, which is actually a, not a bad translation at all, although it ha- changes some of the tenses. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or in, regarding a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. That's not a bad translation. But here's, here's the way that I would like to do it, and forgive me if I, I play the same game they do, although I'm going to be more fair. I'm going to keep the verb tenses as exactly like as they're supposed to be okay let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or sabbath which are a shadow of who is coming it actually is a reflect actually that's exactly what it says in the Greek of who is coming and here's my own little commentary and the shadow caster is Messiah amen Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8, verses 4 through 5. This is in the New King James as well. Not, this Again, this is not a real bad translation, but I just want, to, want you to hear the difference. For if you were on earth, speaking of Messiah, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. See? The copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. They'll confuse you if you look to them. That's what they're saying. they confuse you. If you just look at the tabernacle, come on, get over the tabernacle. There's something better. Well, actually, there is. But you don't know what the shape of it is if you don't look at the tabernacle. That's right. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown on the mountain. And here's, uh, again, this is me. I'm not a good translator, but I've tried to keep the tenses where they're supposed to be. For if Messiah were on earth... He would not be a priest since there are already priests which offer the gifts according to the Torah who serve in the visible manifestation and shadow of who is heavenly. It's speaking of a person who is heavenly. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle for he said See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And uh, Hebrews ten one, for the law having i sh- I've heard this one a lot too. So maybe you've heard this one. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never make those these same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. And I've kept the tenses straight. Here's the tenses. For the Torah has a shadow of the good who is coming. Speaking of a person. Not the physical representation or replacement for his work. And can never, with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect because they were never intended for that reason. (laughs) Life under the sun isn't fair. We know that. It is harsh. We know that it's harsh and we know that it's not fair. We have a different perspective. We've been given purpose. We've been given a a means by which we can see value in our life. And it's very simple. And some are telling us that will only confuse you and lead you astray. Get your mind higher where it ought to be. Get your mind in the heavenlies. Go to Exodus chapter 13, verse 20. We're almost finished. So they took their journey from Sukkot and camped at Etam in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day. The night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of of, of fire by night from before the people. When we were in the wilderness we knew not only that He was with us but that He led us and He led us by a shadow. That's not Him. He is not the pillar of cloud. The pillar of fire is not Him. That's a shadow. That's exactly what it is. He wants to lead us, and He's going to lead us by what we can see. He has been very faithful in leading us. He has given us good words that are very loving and grace-filled. If we're willing to hear His words, if we're willing to obey Him. Go to Psalm 17, verse 8. Go up to verse 7 first. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you. From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Just a reminder that we have this opportunity to join with Him in revealing His righteousness to the world without without our participation without our obedience God's words are words that people can turn around like the bizarro world they can, they can claim that the creation is spontaneous They can claim that what we see as his faithfulness, the rising of the sun, the rising of the moon, the seasons, they can say it's just a fact in nature. What they can't explain when they see righteous deeds done by his righteous people, they cannot explain how those same righteous people turn the other cheek. Do good to those who hate them. We reveal his righteousness in this world. It is the means by which he has chosen to reveal his righteousness is his obedient servants. We're the shadow. We're the shadow. We are a shadow. We're substance. But that's exactly what the psalmist says. That's exactly what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. We're a vapor and we're shadow. We're here for a moment, for an instant. But what lasts and what is eternal is our obedience. Because in that we reveal His eternal righteousness. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your servant Solomon who gave us good words of truth that taught us that living under the sun is a harsh and brutal thing. Lord, we experience that daily. We know that there are those around us that seek our harm We know that life is generally unfair. But, Father, we do not look to that for our source. We know that we are under the heavens. We trust and believe that you will do as you said you will do. That you have redeemed us and that you will retain your inheritance. Father, we thank you that you have given us these shadows. What a blessed thing it is. We thank you that you have revealed your shadows in us. That your righteousness can reveal to us be revealed to all around that your holiness is brought into the world through obedient servants. We ask that you might bless us as we bless you. In Yeshua's name, Amen.